powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. to go to work. Say this faith confession with me. You can remain seated. Just lift your Bible. So I got my Harvest Mobile app um, so I can read the whole Bible in a year and uh, it's totally free. Let's say it together. I'm ready to receive and fully submit to God's word, which is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, do what you do when you do how you do when you do it. Why? Because you do it so good. You're so amazing. You're so incredible. So speak to us tonight, Father, with clarity. I rebuke any distraction. I rebuke anything that would cause our mind to drift during the word. And I pray that for these next few moments, we're laser focused on manifesting uh, the, what you've ordained for our future. We thank you that it is so now in Jesus' name. I need everybody to release a great praise right there. Hallelujah. Say, Lord, help me keep it 100. We started a new series on Sunday called Weapons of Our Warfare to Learn How to Win. And here's the first thing we announced on Sunday. One, we're in winning season. I need you to realize whatever season you were in, that has come to an end. And effective the ninth month of the year 2019, what's nine? It's the number of manifestation. It's the number of fruitfulness, which means you're going to see what you've sown for. You're going to possess what you've prayed for. What's nine? It's the number of birthing, which means you ain't going through this pain for nothing. 
You're not going through these issues for nothing. You're not dealing with those challenges for nothing. God says in Isaiah 66 and 9, I will not allow pain without giving birth to something. God says in this month, you're going to give birth to the best version of yourself. In this month, you're going to give birth to the most praying version of yourself. In this month, you're going to give birth to the most financially free version of yourself. In this month, you're going to give birth to the most mentally and emotionally strong version of yourself ever. I need you to holler, it's winning season. You didn't say it like a minute, so I need you to say it so that the enemy knows you didn't come to play with him. I need you to say it so that your family members that don't believe in God know you didn't come to play. I need you to say it so that your past knows you didn't come to play. Announce your season. Shout, it's winning season. And tomorrow when you feel discouraged, you need to tell your day what day it is. What? This is the day that the Lord has made, which means today is winning season. I don't care what you try to start with me. I don't care what you try to throw at me. I don't care what you try to put in my way. It is winning season. Touch your neighbor, say it's winning season. But to win, Wednesday, you got to fight the war. And a war is filled with many battles. I need you to realize you're not sitting next to a punk. What's a punk? Somebody that runs from a fight. You are sitting next to somebody that when they hear rumblings of a fight, they turn their head and say, fee-fi, fo-fum, you got the wrong one. I need you to know, watch this, don't allow a fight to intimidate you. Don't allow confrontation to intimidate you. Some of you, watch this. I need you to come up out your passive-aggressive spirit. I need you to stop throwing rocks and hiding your hands. I need you to stop hiding behind emails. I need you to stop hiding behind Facebook. Y'all ain't talking to me. I need you to realize if you're going to win the war, you're going to have to fight. So Sunday we learned, 2 Corinthians 10.3. For though we walk in the flesh, we're not waging war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare. We learned on Sunday that that word warfare means military service. I need you not to take the fight personal. Somebody say, it's not personal. Monica wrote a song, and you need, to, you need to let it prophesy to you. It's just one of them days. Some of you, when you haven't one of them days, you just need to tell yourself, it's just one of them days, what, that a winner goes through. <laughs> Y'all ain't saying nothing. And just because I had one bad day, baby, don't you judge my, watch this, my month by a day. Don't you judge my year by a day. Don't you judge my future by my past. Watch me. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not natural. We don't, they're not natural things. It's military, sirs. And in the military, you realize that the war is about something bigger than you. Most people, watch this, you take everything so personal now watch this. You can't be trusted with more because you'll offend your way out of it. You get offended too easily. Your, your feelings get hurt too easily. You, you feel in some type of way too easily. And God says, listen, how are you asking to be at the top? You want to call the shots, but you can't take none of them. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, there's a warrior in me. When somebody say something sideways to you, I just need you to stop taking that personal and going on. What's she mean by that? No, turn around and say, baby girl, what did you mean by what you just said to me? I ain't taking that home with me. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they have divine power, which means what we do to fight, we don't fight like this. We don't fight naturally. See, there's a lot of stuff you're supposed to shut down using spiritual weapons. But if you're using natural weapons, you'll get brought, watch this, you'll get brought into a street fight. 
which means you're out of position. The Bible says he has seated us in heavenly places with him. Well, just, just let's make it simple. Heaven looks down to earth. Check it out. God says there's some stuff you came off your throne to come play with. And there's some stuff you need to say, baby, that's too low for me to get down there and play with you. If you get down there with the pigs, you're going to get dirty and get mud on you. I need you to realize there's some stuff that's so far beneath you. Watch this. Don't even respond. There's some stuff that's so far beneath you, don't even let it affect you. You got to look at it and smile and say, blessed be the Lord. You got to look at it and say, I'm not getting pulled into this emotional tirade. You got to look at it and say, I'm not getting pulled into this mess to this drunk or this drama. Why? For the weapons of my warfare. They're not natural. I says, I says, he says, the weapons of my warfare are not of the flesh or natural. But we have divine power. And I told you on Sunday that means God does it through me for me to help others. So these weapons, now notice, he doesn't tell you what the weapons are. This whole series, I'm giving you what the weapons are. He doesn't tell you what the weapons are, but he tells you what they do. Here's the first thing that they do. He says that they have divine power. That means God's going to do it through me, for me, but it's to show somebody else. Look at me. You are a letter being written to somebody watching you. And let me tell you why you don't have the luxury of being a loser. Let me tell you why you don't have the luxury of quitting like somebody else in your bloodline. It's because there's too many people depending on you winning. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say there's people depending on me to win. I need every father to know your children are depending on you to win. I need every single mama to know your children are depending on you to win. I need every leader to know the people you lead are depending on you to win. Which means you don't have the luxury of saying, I'm just going to quit. We're not that type of person. That's not the stock that we're of. We're them that fight, and when we fight, we win. So, he says, they're not of the flesh, but they have divine power to destroy. Here's the first thing, strongholds. We learned that strongholds have control over all three parts of our existence, our soul, our spirit, our body. So we are, watch this, spirits. That's our subconscious mind. We have souls, our mind, thoughts, will, and emotions, and we live in a what? Physical body. A stronghold has control over all three of those, which means I don't want to do it, but because it has a stronghold, watch this, it's almost like I watch myself do what I don't want to do. Can I get a witness in church tonight? You ever watch yourself do what you say you didn't want to do and then look at what you did and be mad at yourself that you did it and then go do the same thing the next day? I wish I had some honest people in here. He says, the weapons of a warfare are not coming with that. They have divine power to a strongholds. A stronghold means it's got control over all three parts of your humanity. Paul said it like this. The right I want to do, I don't find myself doing. He said, but the wrong that I, I, I know good and doggone well. I have no business acting like that. But I did it. What is Paul saying? Later on, he says, oh, wretched man that I am. He said, it's a stronghold. There's certain people you know ain't good for you. But they have a stronghold. Watch this. Because you let them in one area. And then they got control of other areas. That's why you got to be careful who you lay with. Because what will happen is now you'll be under a stronghold where you can't loose yourself from what's killing you. You can't loose yourself from what's beating you down. You can't loose yourself from what's in fact hurting you. Okay. All right. Verse 5. Here's what the weapon does. First thing is it destroys strongholds. Say destroy strongholds. By the end of September, I prophesy, please lift your hands, that every stronghold that has been in your life, by November, or what is this, September 30th, 2019, by the end of the month of September, every stronghold will be broken. 
I need you to put a praise in this atmosphere that's greater than what you release. Say every stronghold will be broken by the end of this month. Watch, let me move. Watch. We destroy, here's the next thing, arguments. Arguments we learned on Sunday means in Greek, the language of our New Testament. Unchecked arrogance against God and his word. So the first thing that the weapons do is they, watch this, they defeat strongholds, things that have control over all three parts of our humanity. The second thing that these weapons do is they give us the ability to watch this, to destroy our unchecked arrogance against God and his word. What does that mean to have unchecked arrogance? I know what he said, I'm just not doing it. I know what I heard in church, I'm just not doing it. I know what the word says. I'm just not. God knows my heart. He does. But God is sick of you failing. He knows your heart, but God's sick of you going through the same mess over and over. Is there anybody in here tonight that can say there's some areas of my life I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired about the same old thing? It's unchecked arrogance. I know what he said. I'm just not doing it. What's this? I know I need to pray, but I'm, I'm not going to. I know I should so. I'm not going to. I know I should serve. I'm not doing that. These weapons will destroy unchecked arrogance against God and his word. And sometimes people have issues with God because they have issues with leadership. I can tell somebody that's got problems with the Lord because they don't mind leadership. <laughs> got it? So they feel so distant from God because, watch this, anything that exercises authority over them, they always challenge it because somebody hurt them. And now they make everybody new pay for what somebody old did, not realizing anybody playing with you. Let me move on. And every lofty opinion, say lofty opinion. So the first thing these weapons do is do what? Destroy strongholds. The second thing they do is uh, uh, destroy what? Arguments. The third thing they do is destroy what? Lofty opinions. A lofty opinion we learned on Sunday is an, uh, a barrier that's created because of arrogant. Notice how arrogance and pride keep coming up. Which means the greatest warfare you will have is with your own ego. I ain't going to say nothing because she needs to say it first. Ego! I ain't going to do that. They need to do it. Ego! See how quiet it got? Because I just offended your ego. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, I rebuke my own ego. Let's go to work. And take every thought. Okay, so destroy lofty opinion, uh, opinions. Lofty opinion is a barrier. That's created because of arrogant, disrespectful transgression against the limits that God sets. Let me say it again because it's a lot. How much is it? A lot. <laughs> How blessed you about to be? A lot. All right, watch. Barriers created because of arrogant, disrespectful transgression against the limits of what is permitted. Let me make that real simple. It means I clearly know not to go over there. But watch this. But because I did it last month and didn't nothing bad happen. I'm going to do it this month. So it becomes a barrier. Can we tell the truth? How many of us, because we didn't see nothing crazy happen last time we acted like that? 
it makes you bold. There's a spirit in the land where certain things that are released from certain offices make people bold to do stuff they know they ain't got no business saying, doing, or acting like. Oh, but I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, I rebuke unchecked arrogance. Don't think because he had mercy last month, he's going to do it this month. I know this is an in-your-face word, but I'm, all I'm doing is trying to keep it 100. Some of you keep doing that to people who have been gracious to you. You keep pressing the limits with them because they haven't, watched this, they haven't dealt with you like, watch this, you ought to be dealt with yet. You keep pressing the limits. She ain't going to do nothing. She ain't going to leave. He ain't going to leave. He ain't going to do nothing. They ain't going to do nothing. They ain't going to replace me. And God is like, just because I had mercy last month does not mean I got to have it this month. Watch me. It says, so what's the first thing these weapons do? Destroy strongholds. Second thing, destroy arguments. Third thing, destroy lofty opinions. Raised against the knowledge of God. Here's what these weapons do. They're going to help us to take captive what? Every thought. It's right there on the screen. It's an open book test. They're going to help us to take captive. Thought here translates to the word soul. You know what that is, right? Your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. He says, the warfare is in your soul. It's in your mind. It's in what you're thinking about. But then it's in your thoughts. Because the thought, watch this. You ever seen something and the thought pop up? You ever smell something and the thought pop up? You weren't thinking about it mentally. But when you saw it or you smelled it or you perceived it through your senses, a thought enters your mind. That's why you got to be careful. Watch this. When you're evolving, there are certain places and people you can't deal with. There are certain people, watch this, you ain't ready to deal with them right now. Why? Because you're still in your process of evolution. So there are certain people you got to say, listen, 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 Linda, listen. I'm not, listen, I ain't ready for all that. Because in my process of evolution, watch this, I can't have you doing something or saying something that's going to introduce a thought that's going to create warfare in me. Some of y'all need to, I hear this right now, some of y'all need to stop driving by their house. All right, all right, all right, then just let me get freed in since y'all ain't going to say nothing. Here's the second point we got into. I'm, get, I'm taking you to this. I just want to make sure we get this foundation. Say, lay the foundation. My job as a shepherd is to chop the food up and make sure that you can receive it. And while you're receiving it, we got to inject praise and worship. Why? So we can wash it down. Wash it down, wash it down, wash it down. I know. I changed it from wipe me down. To wash it down. Number two, I told you this. Winds begin with repentance. Say, winds begin with repentance. The first weapon I introduced this to on Sunday is the weapon of repentance. Repentance comes from this word in the Bible, teshuvah. Say it with me. Teshuvah. It means returning after going astray. What is it to go astray? To sin. It's different than just being sorry or apologizing. And this is where many Christians lose their warfare because we don't return to right when we go wrong. All we do is say we sorry. We don't return to right when we go wrong. All we do is say, I apologize. Listen, Anita Baker, but I'm going to need you to stop singing the same song over and over again. I'm going to need you to actually change. Listen to me. An apology without change is nothing more than masterful manipulation. I'm going to say it again. An apology without change is nothing more than masterful manipulation. And some folks you got in your life, they have never changed. All they do is apologize. They have never made progress. All they are is sorry. 
we learned on Sunday there's this thing called false repentance. And false repentance is where you become religious, but you're never repentant. What's religious? I do the right things. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. I apologize. Believe me, I do. I apologize. Honest and true. I know I was wrong. I sing you this song. Can you stop having an attitude now? And then here's what we do. On the high of the apology, okay. And then what happens the next day? Same thing. It's not a mistake if you choose it more than once. It's not a mistake if we choose it more than once. And the warfare we have is that, watch this, we allow ourselves to not keep it 100. We allow ourselves to say sorry with no intentions of changing. In fact, once you say sorry, you get on the phone with somebody else to say how you just said it to say it, but you didn't mean it because they need to see it your way. Yeah, yeah, they, okay, all right. You ready? You ready? Y'all ready? We about to go to work. The moment you do it, you get in the car and call your friends and say, yeah, man, you know. Just trying to keep the peace. That's why you don't have no peace, because you're trying to keep fake peace. That ain't real. Just trying to keep everything kosher. It's not kosher. You're not Jewish. So I gave you the third point. We about to go to work. Repentance must be real. Say, Lord, make me real. You know what I discovered about God? God, God is so awesome. When people, including us, have made mistakes and done ratchet stuff. God is so merciful. What's mercy? Mercy is when God blocks something negative we do deserve. Grace is when God gives us something good we don't deserve. He's so gracious and merciful that there's some stuff we deserve that God is like, listen, you're learning. You might be young. You're ready, though. I got you. David was ratchet. He was a, he was, he was looking, listen. He was a murderer. He conspired. He was a lie. He, in some ways, he was a womanizer. But you want to know what God says about him? God says, that's a man of my own heart. What part of him, God? The repentant part. Because when David messed up, David kept it 100. Please listen to me. When David was out of line, David wasn't sitting there with his pride, sitting there, I ain't going to say nothing, I ain't going to do nothing. David was like, what? Lord, against you and you only have I sinned. Lord, please don't count my transgressions. I wish tonight you'd stop being religious and get repentant. I wish tonight somebody was on your road that wants to keep it 100 with the Lord and say, Lord, I know I got some stuff that ain't where it needs to be, but let's go. I thank God it's not where it used to be. Somebody say, Lord, help me keep it 100. Says, I need you to not lie to me like I don't know the truth. I need you to, y'all ain't, y'all playing with me now. I need you to not pretend like that's not what it is. I need you to pretend like you ain't attracted to that. I need you to not pretend like you ain't drawn to that. I need you to not pretend like you ain't struggling with that. Somebody say, keep it 100. Keep it 
And when you're like that with the Lord, the Lord is like, I got you. I got you. He didn't throw David away when David did ratchet stuff. How many? What's ratchet? I mean, just Denver. Ratchet means unsavory things. Ratchet means sinful things. How many of us have done some ratchet things? If your neighbor's hand that up, they're a liar. So they just did one. So there we go. We all have. How many of us have done so much you can't count? What are you doing? Keeping it 100. How many, watch this, you're no longer going to let guilt and shame about what you did hold you down because if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you. Somebody say, I'm keeping it 100. So here's, so, so, so here's what Matthew 3, 8 says. Let me finish. Matthew 3, 8 says, bear fruit in keeping with repentance, which means, watch this, Real repentance bears fruit or shows fruit. What's fruit? Progress. God says, I want some progress out of you. That's nice we're keeping it 100, but I want some progress. I want to see that you're moving away from wrong and returning to right. I, I want to see that, watch this, you maybe didn't succeed, but watch this, you weren't that far off this time. Y'all not talking to me. God says, I want to see some fruit. Somebody say, it's fruit bearing time. And what better year to do it? Nine, the number of fruitfulness, the number of manifestation. God says, I want to see some fruit that you're serious about returning to right. Because if I don't see fruit, if you read the rest of the story, Jesus says, you are a brood of vipers. You're like a whitewashed tomb full of dead people's bones. That's what the rest of this, these verses in context say. God says, I want to see some fruit. And here's a man I want to show you real quickly. Can we walk through this man's life right fast? His name is Saul. Saul didn't bear fruit, so he failed. Listen, just because you make a mistake doesn't mean God will shut you down. What God will do is shut you down when you refuse to bear fruit that bears with repentance. I'm going to say it again. Listen, to everybody who feels disqualified because of your mistakes, I need you to catch this and catch this big. Say, I am not disqualified. To everybody who the enemy keeps telling you, you too messed up, you too jacked up, your mama this, your daddy this, I need you to throw your hands up and say, I am not condemned. Don't let him play you with something that's not supposed to work. But God says, I expect some fruit. Because if I don't see some fruit, I'm going to determine that that tree needs to be shut down. So let's look at this man's life. We're about to go through these verses. We're going to go real fast. 1 Samuel 15, 11. This is God talking. And this verse, this is one of them verses that when you read the first part of it, it's like, this is what God says. I regret. You know this is going to be some trouble, trouble. If God starts the sentence, I regret. I regret that I gave you another chance. I regret that I gave you breakthrough. I regret that I let you be the curse breaker. I regret that I made Saul king. Why? He turned his back on me. And he has not performed my commandments. Samuel, who's the man of God. What is Samuel? Who saw? The king. Okay, so just want to make sure you get the carriers. Who saw? King. Who's Samuel? Man of God. 
And Samuel was angry. God is talking to Samuel. And God and Samuel are having a conversation. Be careful who you disrespect. God and Samuel, God and the man of God are having a conversation about Saul. And in this conversation, God is like, Samuel, come here. You be Samuel real fast. Be like Samuel. This person. This Mark. Mark means sucker. Look it up. This joker. Man, I regret I made him king. He gonna turn his back on me. A million dollar a week operation. Go! Some of y'all know that movie. Some of y'all know that movie. He turned his back on me. I picked him up out of nothing, turned him into something. The least he could do was do what I said. He turned his back from following me, and he didn't perform my commandments. Now, Samuel gets angry. Get angry. But that ain't what he did. Samuel knew what was about to happen because Samuel knew Saul was arrogant. Samuel knew Saul wasn't repenting. Why? Because he hadn't repented yet. Somebody throw a hand up, say, Lord, I repent. repent. Look what he did. The verse says, and he cried to the Lord all night. So cry to me all night. No, 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 don't do that because, you know, they send an email. You're trying to bow to the man. I ain't playing with you. God is so over it. He's like, keep talking. I'm, I'm finna go. Come on, Gabriel. Let's get something to eat. <laughs> you got some wings? <laughs> Give me a two-piece. <laughs> Give me one of them sandwiches. Watch the next verse. And Samuel got up early in the morning. He cried all night. Then what did he do? Get up early in the morning. You ever stayed up so late that you couldn't sleep and you woke up? And Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul in the morning. You're going uh, to be Saul in my example. Come on. Come on, Saul. Come on. All right, Saul. In my example. You ain't Saul. In my example. Come on, Saul. He got up uh, early in the morning. Say early in the morning. And it was told to Samuel, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set up a monument for himself. Stop! You just disobeyed God, and here you are trying to have a party for yourself. You just disrespected God's order, and now you want a celebration. You know you're unrepentant when you're trying to celebrate the place you were wrong. Y'all ain't talking. Look at this. And Samuel, verse 13, came to Saul, and Saul said to him, look what he says. Blessed be the Lord. Just Saul, say this, say this to him. Uh Blessed be the Lord. Okay, I performed the commandment of the Lord. Wait! No, you didn't. You a doggone liar. You know you're not repenting when you lie about the truth. You know you're not repenting when you turn the truth to make it fit your narrative. You know you're not repenting when everybody see that this is black and you sitting there talking about, no, it's red. You just ain't seeing it right. Y'all quiet here. I'm in it. Mr. Flavor. 
let's tell the truth. How many of us have saw the facts? One, two, three, four. And in our own arrogance said, no. 3295 Applejacks. We've all done it. Watch this. And Samuel said, watch Samuel. I like Samuel. What is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen I hear? Look at me. The instructions were, the instructions were, kill everybody. God told Saul, kill everybody. He said, don't leave anything alive. Somebody said, touch your neighbor. Say, follow the instructions. Say, even if they hurt. Even if you don't like it, that's not your job. You're in the military. Follow the order. Even if you don't think it's right, that ain't your job. Follow the order. This is military service for the weapons of our warfare. I'm not colonel. This is the military. Well, I disagree with mommy. Didn't nobody ask you nothing? It's quiet here. The man of God knew. So here's what he says. He says, I hear sheep and I hear oxen. The instruction was kill everything. You didn't do it. Look at this. Samuel said, at verse 14, what is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears? The lowing of oxen that I hear. Verse 15. Saul said, they. You know you're unrepentant when you play the blame game. Here's how this works. Tell me what you did. She made me do it. He made me do it. They made me do it. Let's go further. Tell me what happened. Well, you didn't say nothing to them. And God says, that's a mark that you're unrepentant. They have brought them from the Amalekites. Thank you, gentlemen, because I'm going to preach it fast. But just stand by, just in case I need you again. They have brought uh, them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord God, and the rest have been devoted to destruction. Watch this. He blames people when he's the leader. To every person who's a leader over anything or over something, you don't get the right to blame what you could have changed. They ain't performing, move them out. They ain't getting it done, move them out. Business owners, you said they just don't do right. And you pay them? <laughs> Let me help you with that one. It's quiet. Why y'all get quiet? Verse 16. Samuel said to Saul, I like it. Stop! Tonight's message, while it's called Keep It 100, look at me. Here's what, here's what God's really saying to us all. Stop! Because you're doing all of this about what they did. And I don't want to hear it. That's what God says. Touch your neighbor. That's what the Lord said to you. I didn't like the way they said it to you. So look them straight in the eye and say, that's what the Lord's saying to you. He says, stop. I'm going to tell you what the Lord said to me last night. Saul said, speak then. Say what you got to say. Samuel's like, I'm about to say it. You should read your Bible. Like, you don't need reality TV. You don't need YouTube. Read the Bible. Watch. Samuel said, though you are little in your own eyes, are you not the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel. Look at me. So now we see what he's really dealing with. False humility because he's insecure. He's going around, I did everything the Lord said to do, except what he said to do. But it's because they are going to sacrifice. And so Samuel checks him and says, let me tell you what your real problem is. Here's your warfare, Saul. Your insecurity 
makes you passive aggressive. Oh, this is real tonight, right? Your insecurity makes you, watch this, it makes you act big and bad, but you, but you talk big and bad, but you don't walk big and bad. You, you, you throw rocks and hide your hands. You, you never go to the person you need to go to. You go to somebody else trying to get cosigners to go for you. He says, but the Lord made you king. Watch this. Watch this, guys. It's about to get good. I know it's a little rough through here. It's like, it's like Robitussin. Just, just drink it. And the Lord sent you on a mission and said, go devote to destruction of the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Verse 19, why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did, you, uh, why did you pounce on the spoil and do what was evil in the sight of the Lord? Here's what God did. God gave him another chance. Samuel says to him, why didn't you do right? This was his chance to say, you right. Ain't no sense in me lying no more. You got the receipts. You got facts. You're right. Somebody say, he's right. Verse 20. And Saul said to Samuel, watch this. I obeyed the voice of the Lord. He's so arrogant that even when God's trying to give him mercy, I hear in the spirit tonight, there's some of you, God was like, I was trying to open that door back up for you, but your arrogance about the truth shut it back down. He says, I obeyed the voice of the Lord. I've gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me. I brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and I've devoted the Amalekites to destruction. Next part, it goes on. But the people took the spoil. Here he's blaming again. The sheep and the oxen, the best of the things devoted to destruction, to sacrifice to the Lord God, in, Lord your God in Gilgal. Notice the change. Watch me. I thought he's your God, Saul. Now because he's checking you, you think you're going to be rejected, so you push him away so he can't push you away. Y'all ain't talking to me. It's a lot of y'all that when folks started confronting you about your ways, you ran away from them because, watch this, you thought they were going to run away from you, not knowing real love will check you. Real love will confront you. Now he's your God. He ain't mine no more. You hear? You hear? So he gives more lies about partial obedience that is arrogance to make him be accepted. Let's go. Verse 21. But the people took the spoil, sheep, oxen, and the best of the things devoted to destruction and sacrifice the Lord your God and Gilgal. Verse 22. And Samuel said, Has the Lord have great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey better than sacrifice. Many of y'all, if you grew up in church, you heard this, but you heard it out of context. <laughs> The sacrifice there was, watch this. God says, I didn't want your offering. I wanted your obedience. I didn't need you to sacrifice the animals. I wanted you to kill them. And you thought you could do it your way, and I had to accept it. Touch the neighbor and say, he ain't playing with nobody. <laughs> Look at verse 23. For rebellion is the sin of divination. There's another word, witchcraft. Which means a witch is, watch this, doesn't have a cauldron and a black cat. And, and, and a pointy hat. A witch, watch this, does what they want to do. When they want to do it, how they want to do it, not caring how they were told to do it. Yeah, y'all, let's go. He says, Saul, you're a king, but you're acting like a witch, man. 
because I didn't say do it like that. He says, and you're an idolater. Who did you make an idol? Yourself. You p- okay, let's do this one. Let's try this one. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come on. And you come too, just in case. Get up on here, please. Would you? Now, wait a minute. Wait till they come. Would you, would you help him just make sure he don't fall? No, go on, stand on it. Don't tear my table up. Y'all hold him now. We don't need no, we don't need no. Now just, just hold him. He said, I want you to stand. No, you're good. You just stand right there. Say idolater. Say idolatry. God says, you put yourself on a pedestal to serve what you wanted. It was all about you. What you wanted, how you wanted to do it, how you wanted to feel, the way you wanted it to go. You made yourself an idol. What do we put idols on? Pedestals. God says, you want so badly to be worshipped. You want so badly for everybody to come and run to you. You want so badly for everybody to pay attention to you that the pedestal God is supposed to be on, you put yourself on. But lay your hands on yourself. Say, I'm coming off that thing tonight. You can come down one or two ways. One, he can knock you down. Or two, you can repent and take yourself down. Take yourself down. I need somebody tonight to realize your repentance is going to take you out of a place of idolatry. Somebody say, I'm coming off the pedestal. Watch. Look at this. Look at this. He says, verse 23, rebellion is the sin of witchcraft and presumption is iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you from being king. Look at me. He lost because he lied. God still loved him, but he no longer trusted him with power. He didn't keep it. All he had to do was say it was me. Watch me. Y'all sit with me? Look at verse 25. Uh, Actually, 24. Can I finish it? I'm going to do it either way. I just want you to be in on it. Saul said to Samuel, I sinned fine. I transgressed the commandment of the Lord and what you said, Samuel. You missed it. Watch this. He said, I, 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 I didn't do what you said. I feared the people. And I obeyed their voice. He admits, but he still doesn't repent. What is he still doing? Blame it. Didn't he learn from Adam? Watch me. Why didn't we learn from Adam? We're going to stir this thing tonight. Yes, we are. Watch me. It's a little rough. We're going to give him praise in a minute. Watch. Verse 25. Now pardon my sin and return with me that I can bow before the Lord. He said, cover me even though I'm not contrite. He said, don't tell nobody. Come cover me, man of God. Man of God, don't tell them what really happened. Man of God, don't tell them what really went down. Man of God, cover me. And then come back with me so I can return and worship the Lord. Look at me. He gave an apology without change. So what is he giving? False repentance. He didn't keep it. Look at verse 26. 
I like Samuel. I like Samuel so much, I may add it to my name. Samuel said, I ain't playing with you. He said, I will not return with you. You rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you. Watch this from being king. He didn't reject you. He just says, you can't have what you want. Watch me. Watch me. There's some stuff you want that has been walled off from you. Listen to me. But tonight, I've been sent by divine assignment to say this to you. God says, if you'll keep it 100 and really repent for it, God says, what was walled off, that wall's going to come down. If that's anybody in here, I need you to release a praise. Go. 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 Wait. What did he want? The throne. What did he have? The throne. What did he just lose? The throne. What kept him from the throne? His false repentance. What could have got him back on the throne? Repentance. He says, the Lord's rejected you. He didn't reject you. He just said, you, you can't have what you want no more. For some, watch this. You keep wondering why certain prayers aren't answered. God says, your, your false repentance has walled you off from that. He says, because you faked the people out. But you did not fake me out. I know you're still blaming them for where you are, why you are, or why you are where you are. Look at this. He says, verse 27, Samuel turned to go away. Saul seized the skirt of his robe and it tore. And Samuel said to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you this day and has given it to this neighbor of yours who is better than you. Watch this. Saul's already insecure. So watch what Samuel does. I like him. He's petty. Everybody got a little petty in them. What is petty? When you say something you don't have to say, but you want to say it just to. Okay, who can keep it 100 that you know you got a little bit in there? Little bit. Little bit. Little bit. You didn't have to say nothing after they said bye, but you just. He's already insecure. What does Samuel say to him? Samuel says to him, Samuel says, he's going to give it to this neighbor of yours who's better than you. Who was the neighbor? David. What is David at the time? A 16-year-old boy. He says, I'm going to let a boy have what's yours because you are a male. But your false repentance has kept you from manhood. But tonight, any repentant folk in this house tonight, I, I just say it. I know it's a direct word, but let's go. L look here. Verse 29, and the glory of Israel will not lie or have regret, for he's not a man that he should have regret. Verse 30, then he said, I sin. He still doesn't get it. Yet honor me. Now, he's getting demanding. Honor me now before the elders of my people and before Israel and return with me that I can bow before the Lord. Look at me. He says, look, I was wrong. Okay, fine. But don't embarrass me in front of these people. Some people are more concerned about saving face than getting it right. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, I want it right. He says that I can bow before the Lord. Watch me, your God. He's still not repenting. Some people run away from God. They run away from church. 
They run away from serving. They run away from things because they're like, I messed up. So I'm finna just, I'm finna just do this over here. And God is like, really? I wasn't going to reject you. You're my son. You're my daughter. I wasn't done with you, but I messed up. I know, but I'm not done with you. If you got breath in your body, I'm not done with you. Somebody say he ain't done with me yet. Look at this, and I'm done. He says, verse 31, so Samuel turned back after Saul. And here's what he did. He bowed before the Lord. If you keep reading the story of Saul, you want to know how Saul dies? Saul was so concerned about how he looked to other people that he ends up dying by his own desire and by his own design. You read the story, you'll see it for yourself. He didn't bear any fruit with repentance. And in this verse, God gave him multiple times. Tonight, I need all of us to hear me. I know this is a direct word. That's why I gave it on a Wednesday. Sunday, it would have been like. It's a direct word. No, it wouldn't have. It would have been received well. It's a direct word. But God says, I can't trust you with what you want until I see you use the weapon of repentance. What is that? I'm returning to right after I've done wrong. How does repentance start? I keep it. I mean, it's right now. There's some stuff we got going on or have done in the last seven days that we know we haven't kept 100 with the Lord. Come on, let's be honest. How many of you got some stuff you know you haven't kept 100 with people? But. But. It's tonight. But. Somebody say, I'm going to keep it 100. Say, because there's a throne waiting for me. Somebody say, there's something big waiting for me. Come on, talk to me. Say, something, there's something incredible waiting for me. And I'm not going to get in my own way. Hands up. So here's what we're going to do. Here's how I want to end. Would you stand with me? Can I get everybody to stand? Can I get everybody to stand? How many of us, you don't like want this to linger on? You like want this stuff fixed tonight? I'm that type of guy. Like, I don't want to talk about it tomorrow. I'm over it tomorrow. Let's deal with it tonight. Whatever you know you need to get right with the Lord tonight, let's do it. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. 
And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do... I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.